Segabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello and welcome to Sega Talk number 70, no, 67, I'm skipping almost like 10 of them, but this is our April 1st episode, as you guys probably noticed if you're a Patreon supporter, we didn't do a, oh, what's your memories of this game only this time, because kind of wanted to be a surprise that we were doing bootleg games, even though, like, a lot of YouTubers are doing uh, bootleg games right now during this time, I think GameSack did an episode. Uh, it's mm-hmm. actually pretty good, and he actually talks about some of the games we're talking about here. But this is more about like the history and our opinion on like bootleg games and talk. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. We also have a Patreon you guys can support us on. Um, there's different tiers. Different tiers give you different powers. So you try to collect all the powers. You could put some together and cost massive damage. Uh, one of the tiers on here is telling us what games to talk about. Um, this episode was bought by my mother, so my mother has a letter that we're going to read out loud for Samari, uh, her memories of Samari, and uh, it, I mean, the letter is, ba- okay, it's fake, but usually if you bought a game, we would uh, read it here, and then it would be our memories. So let's talk about this. Um, before we talk about Samari and its history, uh, what are your thoughts on April Fool's jokes, and like, what are some that you actually believe growing up? Well, I think your April Fool's joke on me is you didn't introduce me, so I feel like the show hasn't started yet. <laughs> you know what? I, I knew I was forgetting something. I forgot it's usually me and Barry. It's almost... Barry. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. It's kind of like when you do a YouTube video, and if you don't kick it off with, what's up, guys? Or, you know, you, you don't do your regular thing. It just feels wrong. Um, yeah, it's when you but, don't thumbs up the video, so thumbs exactly. up the video. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my uh, thoughts on April Fool's jokes, though. I think the best April Fool's jokes are ones that you could believe and the ones that trick you for a second. Like, I see such stupid ones from, like, if we're just talking gaming, it would be like, oh, it's it's the Xbox ham. It's It's an Xbox ham. And you're like, oh, no, it's not. But then you see ones where they're like, it's a very, it, you look at it and you're like, this could be real. This should be real. And then it turns out not to be and you get kind of pissed off. Um, one that comes to mind is the uh, Quackshot re- HD remake that um, uh, they teased from the, um, the mo- what is it, the Monster World team. Ooh. And yeah. it turned out to be a game they actually did pitch. So that was kind of like one of those April Fool's jokes that it gets you. But then you're like, oh man, that was real. Um, and I know as Capcom fans, uh, they get a lot of terrible Mega Man ones, which are kind of mean because it's like that franchise hasn't really done much. So oh, yeah. imagine if April 1st, the joke was, ah, oh, here's the Sonic 30th anniversary game. Nah, we're not actually making one. <laughs> Sonic died. That's why we didn't rehire Roger Craig Smith because we were ending the franchise. And I was going to say, there's also some of these rumors that like start off as fake and then they actually end up being real. Um, I right. think we, a few of them that we had was like Sonic in Smash Brothers. I think that was a rumor for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was like you had to do something absurd. And then if you did it, 
I remember, I remember my like younger cousin telling me he's like, you didn't know you could do this, this, and that, and unlock Sonic in some game, and then he's like, some absurd thing. I was like, get all the emeralds like in Sonic Adventure One and Two, you know, like the little like uh, ba- emerald badges. 100%. Oh yeah, I mean, and then and then supposedly if you had that save file in, in some other game or something, you would unlock them or something. It was like, no, dude. That was always a big thing, I feel like, especially in like the 3D games era, because there was so much more to explore and so many hidden secrets that like half the time you'd hear about these, and you're like, that's not real. You're making that up. Like If someone told me at the time, oh, you know that racing game, Daytona? I'd go, yeah. If you drive backwards, you can go up a, a hill and go into a secret room, and there's a sign saying, "You lo- congratulations, you lost the race. And you go, no, there's not. Or the horse. You know, the horse. Like, that just sounds yeah. fake. Um, one that I always, like, thought was real, and I almost saw it, but then I realized it was just someone being stupid, was that Mighty was in Sonic Adventure. Mm. And what, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but if you take Sonic and go to the Mystic Ruins in the flashback where it's on fire, they said he turns into Mighty. And I looked at it, and I tried it, and I'm like, well, yeah, he it's because it's red, so it's like a red Sonic but that's about as far as it gets. Like, you look at Sonic, and you're like, yeah, he looks like Mighty because everything in the scene is red from the fire, but he's not Mighty. That was a big one for me. Um, and then just to close out April Fool's thoughts from me, um, I think a, a thing that would always get me were magazines because obviously you would not get the magazine on April 1st. Mm-hmm. So if it was the April issue, they'd put something in it to trick you, but you might be reading it in, like, March, May, you know, end of April, like, and then you're like, oh, that's kind of shitty, <laughs> you know. Um, those are the ones that always would get me because obviously, like, a magazine I'm reading, like, two months removed from April first, doesn't really get me. So, and the and the magazines were pretty good at it. I remember they would oh, yeah. do like Street Fighter characters. It was like you could unlock this character. You did some impossible task, and of course, everyone would write in the next month like. Look, I stayed up all night for the the last month trying to get this character, and it doesn't work. You guys are lying. And then they would have to reveal to like an April first joke because mm-hmm. I mean the way magazines work, like you said, two months removed. That's terrible, yeah. man. That was a bad. That was a, like a um, dark time where like you're a kid and you kind of like you have to try it or something like because the two months removed thing and not having the internet to actually like confirm all this, and then when you go to school. Everyone's like saying, "Yeah, it's true. Yeah, of course, it's true. Yeah. My dad works at Sega. All right, <laughs> what do you say? Right. Uh, for viewers that have never heard of this title, Samari is an unlicensed recreation of Sega's 1991 Sonic the Hedgehog title. It was basically a, a pirate. They were basically sold on pirate NES cards that were distributed in Asia and Russia. The game was uh, recreates most of the game, but instead features a Samario instead of Sonic." Right. Uh, when did you first hear about this unofficial and unlicensed side scroller for the NES known as Samari, which is kind of like a a meme early on, I guess, like in the early 2000s when they, people found these kind of games, they would like meme it where it'd be like, Sonic and Knuckles 5, have you played it? Right, yeah. You know, I've, I've probably heard about this pretty early on just because it's such an infamous uh, hack, the idea mm-hmm. of having Sonic on the NES and Mario starring in it. Just that title screen alone, you see it and you're like, it just it's like quintessential hack. Quintessential yeah. bootleg. Because obviously his name is not Mar Son Samari. Um, Samari, yes. 
and honestly, I don't know how they got that name. Like, I get it, like Sonic Mario, and they moved the O to the other side. But it's like, couldn't you do, like, just say Mario? You know, because it is Mario. It's not like you change the character at all. Um, or Carly, like, I don't know, Marioic. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Samari is perfect. Maybe I'm wrong. Or Sonio. Um, mm. But it's, yeah, it's it's always appeared, I think, in like fan sites, um, maybe magazines might have called it out. So I've I've been aware of it for a long time, but it wasn't until this week when you when you picked the title that I've actually played it for a bit. And yeah, oh, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to discussing it. <laughs> um, I will say that I first heard of it when people would make these like comics where they would mock other people's creation. I think one of them was like. The right shoe from that Chris Chan, one of the scholars of the internet. Um, they made oh, Sonichu. Uh, he made Sonichu, and they, somebody did a comic where it was uh, Samari versus him. So it was like the ultimate ripoff, you know, f- you know, fight of all time or whatever. And it was like Dragon Ball Z style. Right. So that was the first time, and then I obviously had to download it and play it because I'm like, what is this monster? This is real. Somebody created this, and then the fact that like I went back and read more of the history of the team, I'm like, oh. These guys were professionals. Like these guys weren't like uh, just random uh, kids playing around on computers. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the development history. Uh, the development of Samari obviously started as, as a homebrew team by a developer known as Hummer Team, <laughs> and uh, I have a picture of their logo um, now that people could see at home. Um, Hummer Team, and they credited themselves earlier as Samari Team, which is probably a knock on Sonic Team's name. So, who is Hummer Team? Well, it's a game pirate developer who originated in 1992 when employees of C&E, which stands for Computer Entertainment, which is a Taiwanese company who used to make PC and game console video games, um, they actually made a few Mega Drive games uh, back in the day, but they were only released in, like, I think, China. Then mm. in 2006, they were translated by a team called Super, a Super Fighter Team. So mm-hmm. you guys Google Super Fighter Team. One of the titles was Beggar Prince, and they actually sent this... They, re- they sent me a review copy way back then to review when I was, like, barely getting on the blogging stuff. So mm-hmm. I own a copy of the of this translation, and the game is not good. But it's cool <laughs> that they translated a game we didn't have before, and it's one of the early games made by uh, CNE. And uh, so, if anybody wants to play it in English, you could probably find a ROM. It's probably the quality that you expect from the time. Very bad, you know, like very. Uh, it's very a support RPG. The fact that uh, they also took limited edition orders, so. There's a physical right, I remember that. Yeah, I I passed up on it because I heard how bad the game is. I kind of regret it now just because it does sell for a lot. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've I've bought my fair share of indie games that have since gone up in price, so I, I'm good on that. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you the printing on it, like the case, it doesn't feel like a Mega Drive case. It's like it's not right. as good as other people like Watermelon Games that like stay mm-hmm. true to the feel and everything. Uh, it's very yeah, it's very low budget release, but yeah, it is out there. And there's also obviously a ROM that you guys could play for free. I was going to mm-hmm. ask you as a, a designer, what do you guys think? What do you think about Hummer Technology or Hummer Team's uh, logo with the little donkey? <laughs> it's weird. Um, I <laughs> mean, it is what of, it is. 
It reminds me of like a Dragon Ball Z like uh, fake logo they would make, like Kira Toriyama would make or something. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it kind of suits them. I think if it was any better, I'd say, how did they make a game like Samari <laughs> with such a great logo? But here, it's like the logo matches the the quality of the game, the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, back when Hummer Team, uh, so back to Hummer Team. While they left CNE in 1992, the people that made up uh, Hummer Team were mostly known for their Nintendo Entertainment System ports uh, by, you know, downgrading older, uh, more advanced titles, usually Super Nintendo. And, and I guess nowadays we call these games D-Makes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say if their job back at CNE was to do uh, NES ports of more, advanced, uh, more advanced games, it would actually make sense that the team would try to tackle on an advanced title like Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis, which mm-hmm. I think when that game was coming out, it was built like, it was probably, it was, I would say revolutionary. And when we get into looking at the, the side-by-side comparisons of Sonic 1 versus the NES of Mario, you'll notice like, yeah, the power of the Genesis made a huge deal. Like it, it really didn't make it feel like a cartoon, at least in, uh, even on images. So, so before we move on to more development talk, what are your thoughts of growing? Uh, what is what are your thoughts about D makes? Um, mm. I know they're like some people prefer music in some D makes, some art, and even gameplay compared to originals. Is there any game like? That was demade, where you're like, oh, I really love the graphics and how they like translated that to the Game Gear or on the right. Neo Geo Pocket. Yeah, um, I, I think some that come to mind are a lot of the arcade ports that made it to the Master System. I just I have like there's kind of a special place in my heart for like Outrun and Space Harrier on there. Um, I actually really like um, 3D Space Harrier on the Master System with the glasses, just because it's something you can't do on the Genesis or in the arcades. And plus it's, it's technically like the third game in the franchise um, Mm. or second, I guess it's kind of hard to tell. Um, But I, I like those ones. Um, I also like kind of prefer games like Sonic drift to some of the, uh, something like Sonic R. I know it's not a demake of Sonic R, but it's just, there's something a lot more appealing to me about the sounds and graphics. And then, um, talking about music, I I really do like the music for a lot of the arcade um, ports. I, I do recall, I can't remember, I, I think it was last episode or the one before we talked about the composer. Wasn't it the composer for Quackshot? And I said he, I can't recall who it was, but they, they did a lot of music for, oh, I think it was the guy who did the sound for Quackshot did a lot of the music for the Master System ports of Sega arcade games and there's just something really inventive about like taking something like a Game Gear or Master System and like creating System 16 music on it you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, yeah. I would say most of mine would be like the Neo Geo Pocket stuff like uh, mm-hmm. I really love the way they did the King of Fighters and the uh, Capcom versus SNK um, like the little chibi look where it was way more downgraded um I really used to play them a lot, so especially in the bus going to school. So definitely those. Uh, I would say the Game Gear had some really cool stuff. I think the the uh, Rystar, uh, 
D, like the 8-bit version of it looks pretty cute, like graphically. I mean, the, obviously the Genesis version is more superior, but I really right. liked how they shrunk it down. Um, sometimes they do that with some of those games where they shrink it down to a small screen and they like... Like, I don't know, it feels like a little minimalistic drawing of a game you played at home. So I, I think that's right. cool. I think the most popular one would probably be Tetris on the Game Boy, which I think yeah. every parent has spent a gazillion hours on. I mean, my mom used to play when I was a, a kid all the time. So it's one of those games, I guess, that was pretty popular. Super Mario Land is a favorite of mine. Like, the original one on Game Boy, there's just something really strange about it it's like an approximation of mario yeah Um, the physics are totally different too for sure yeah and then another one that comes to mind is it a demake like um sonic pocket adventure because it is a like a a handheld version of sonic 2 levels you know Mm. um on the neo geo pocket color but isn't the neo geo pocket color more powerful than the genesis (laughs) technically yeah so it's like a demake on better hardware, which is kind of strange. Oh yeah, um, yeah, demakes uh, definitely could be a good thing. So uh, let's talk more about the company here. I have another image of their other game. They actually made oh, an original game. Well, the company is most known for its fake pirated games for multi carts, and kind of became a meme. The studio started off doing real work. The first game was called I can't even pronounce this, but I'll try. Jinke Zun Xuan. It's like a. Which is a Chinese language RPG for the NES that was published by Super, Super Tone Electronics. And uh, they basically did pirated games, but this one is an original title. Uh, I don't know what happened between the developer and the publisher, but this is kind of the last time they ever worked together. The studio's RPG deals with a historical figure that tries to assassinate the first unifying emperor of China. In the same year, they also made uh, a, an NES port of a little game called Street Fighter II, The World Warrior, which hmm. uh, was released later on as Master Fighter II, The World Warrior, after Capcom probably came for them for infringement. And you, every, I mean, if you lived, I mean, the company would then skip Street Fighter III and then create Street Fighter IV for the NES because, I mean... They beat Capcom by like 15 years, obviously. So <laughs> Capcom was probably very salty. They're like, "Oh, skip three, go straight to four. Big brains." Uh, this was obviously a clone of the Street Fighter II port with completely original characters, and it was also later on sold as the Legend. Mm-hmm. So we see a trend uh, coming up for the company here. They uh, might have started off doing original games, but they decided there's more money in unlicensed ports like Street Fighter 2. I mean, in 1992, Street Fighter 2 was the Minecraft and Fortnite of its time. So it kind of makes sense. Um, And I kind of wanted to ask you a question about uh, unofficial product releases. So uh, growing Mm -hmm. up, did you ever see any of these unofficial products be it comic books, action games, video games, maybe even uh, VHS tapes of like um, illegal. I, I, <laughs> illegal I've stuff. I've seen my fair share. I think mainly like uh, toys, things like that. My dad, as I mentioned on the Quackshot show, um, collected or collects Donald Duck stuff, so I would see um, bootlegs of that. Um, I I don't recall if I I do own like some Star Wars and Simpsons bootleg things. Uh, so, you know, I was well aware of it. I would go to, 
um, antique stores and thrift stores and, and all those sorts of things and, and see the things. I typically, though, not pick them up at the time. But now, like, if I saw that Obama Sonic backpack, like, <laughs> I'd have buy to. it in an instant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think one notable one I picked up when I went to... Um, uh, where was I? I was in Southeast Asia. I think I might have been in Vietnam. Uh, they were selling bootleg Zippos. And so I bought one. It had Mickey Mouse on it. And he was saying, uh, fuck you, Red Baron. And fuck yeah. And I think what it was was it was a mistranslation of what Snoopy would say, which was, I'll get you, Red Baron. But then they oh. made Mickey say it, and then they translated it from to English as a much harsher, like <laughs> harsher phrase. So that, that's a funny one that I've, I've seen more recently. Um, but there's, there's a charm to it because I think the best bootlegs are ones where they're most obviously bootlegs, but you can still tell that they are trying to emulate something. Um, more recently, there's a lot of really, there's bootlegs that are like bootlegs of things. I don't know why they're bootlegging like Sonic boom action figures. Those are not, why are you bootlegging those? I've seen people go, oh, look, I bought six Sonic Boom action figures on Amazon for $30. And people go, oh, those are bootlegs. And I'm like, yeah, they look a little shittier, but, like, why are you bootlegging Jazzwares Sonic Boom action figures? You know what I mean? They must be it's making weird. a fortune. Like, like the kids just go on, and they're like, oh, I could get six of them for the price of one? And then now this Chinese guy's like, yes, I printed them in molds left by the company. Exactly, and I think they sell them too as birthday cake toppers so they can get around mm. it. They're like, well, they're just decorations you're supposed to throw away. But it's like, they're very clearly action figures. So, I don't know. I remember some of the early stuff was when they... I used to go to the swap meet with my parents, and like they used mm-hmm. to have um, these like action figures. And they would always put like three characters, but there would always be characters that weren't in the same universe so it'd be like batman ninja turtle and spaderman but they were all misspelled right, right? it's like mutant mutant turtle uh spike man and spaderman and it's like oh yeah right. and then i would like buy them as a kid because they would be my action figure that i could destroy because it wasn't like i used to also have my ninja turtles official figures but like mm-hmm. bro i'm not gonna be destroying that like i used to do some crazy stuff with these bootleg ones right like i remember right. i like i would like Hold them. I, okay, so I, <laughs> when I was a kid, I would like tie them up to like a river, and then when I would come back, like parts of their limbs would be missing because apparently the 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 fishes would eat them. Jeez. So it was like I'm like I didn't know that when I was a kid, but if the, that happened to my Ninja Turtles figures, oh dude, I'd be swimming in that lake, grabbing those fish, and taking my parts back. It's oh like come God. on, dude. Woody from Toy Story is gonna kill you. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I didn't do it on purpose, obviously. Um, I wouldn't want anything like that to happen to me. Um, <laughs> I also drew unofficial uh, Wolverine comic books where, like, Wolverine would fight, like, I don't know, whatever my favorite thing of the week was. So it would be, like, Aladdin one week, The Little Mermaid, Lion King, you know? Mm-hmm. You know when you did your own comics at your house? Oh, yeah. I've I've done hundreds of comics. Yeah, exactly. So, I know how so, it is. I actually I mean, was going to bring those up... Those are unofficial. <laughs> right. I didn't bring it up, but I... I uh, from downstairs, but I have, like, some Sonic comics I did. Like, I'd have Sonic in Knuckles interacting with, like, characters I made. But, you know, obviously it wasn't official. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In our in our minds it was. So, um, so, at this point, the company has released their own RPG, two Street Fighter II ripoff titles. 
1994, I'd say three or four years too late, they released right. Samari on the NES. Like they say, better late than never. I assumed the company got smart with copyright claims on games and decided the good old blending copyright characters in hopes that people just forget about it. Uh, while the game is known as Samari, the full translation is Samari the Adventurer. Uh, some people online say that Sonic Adventure is actually Sonic Team trying to port this game from the NES to the Dreamcast. I don't know, that's a rumor <laughs> though. It's, it's obviously they couldn't accomplish the feat. Too April big. Fools. Yeah. Too, too big brain over here at Humber Team. Uh, the game actually does a pretty good job of including all the Genesis levels except for Scrap Brain Zone. I, I um, Looking into Scrap Brain Zone, it, it's only been used in three other games, Sonic Drift, Drift 2, and Sega Superstars Tennis. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I put Scrap Brain is underrated, but then I'm like, I think like Starlight, or Start, what's that, what's the Star level? I don't think that's Starlight Zone, anyway. yeah. Yeah. I... I would say, though, that, like, as an end, like, typically when you're going to reuse levels again and again, you use the first one and the last one. So you see that with Mario, you see that with a lot of franchises, but with, with Sonic, yeah, it's like Green Hill Zone all the time, but really it's like Death Egg Zone is the one they always mm -hmm. go back to. And so I was really excited when Sega Superstars Tennis had Scrap Brain Zone, because that's a very underutilized level for sure. Now... I, I see what you're saying with um, Starlight Zone, but it's such like a, a non-level. Like there's, it's yeah, just I a agree. star field and like green, <laughs> like green like uh, construction equipment that I can understand why it's not something you see too much. But yeah, it's it's a shame. I love Scrap Brain Zone. I love the name. I love the music. I love the look of it. You know, it's unique. Beautiful. Yeah, I think it's underrated. And I agree with you. The other ones are like I just didn't want people on the comments to say whoa. Well, there's other levels that didn't even get one 3D representation. And I I mean, Sega Superstars right. Tennis is a long time ago. So I, I'm surprised yes. it wasn't used again, you know. I mean, especially yeah. Mania. Since the game came Shoot. out in 1994 and the original came out in 1991, the team even added the infamous Spin Dash. Three whole years before Beta Boys over at Sonic Team did it with Sonic Jam. Rumor has it, and by rumor I mean I totally made it up, but I heard Yuji Naka played this game and said, wow, if I can resell Sonic 1, I, I could sell Resonic, <laughs> I, I don't even remember writing this, I can resell Sonic 1 if I add the spin dash, and that led to the creation of J Sonic Jam. Wow. If you guys enjoy your so uh, spin dash freedoms in the new re-release of Sonic 1, you guys have to thank Hummer Team for their work, and this wow. is an exclusive on this podcast. Amazing. Uh, growing up, <laughs> growing up to, prior to the internet and Sonic Jam, <laughs> did you really think uh, Sonic One needed the spin dash? Um, you know it's weird because, like, for me as a kid, I always saw it as Sonic learning new skills as his like mm. adventures went on. So I never really thought, oh, they need to go back and add like elemental shields, and they need to add like the bounce and all that sort of stuff. So. I, it was a surprise when they did add it because I was like, "Oh, you didn't need to do this." It, it worked. The game worked well. Like I taught myself to stand at the top of a hill, run, and then press down. But um, now it's just like, "Yeah, of course you would have the spin dash." And it's, it, it makes me wonder if a lot of people like hate on Sonic One just because it lacks it. I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, I I, I, 
it's a nice addition. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you're like, oh, you play you play one and you're fine. You know, you don't even think about it. And then when you play right. two and then you go directly back to one, you kind of want to do it because you got used to just doing it. And then there's like right. the thing with Sonic One though, there's not that many moments where you feel like you need the power up. Like it's a lot more waiting and patient. Exactly. Um, the game wasn't designed to have it, so like why add it? Yeah. You know? I, I mean you look like, at move you look at movies like Star Wars, the original one didn't have Yoda, but it's not like they were like, We gotta go back and add Yoda, he's in all the other ones. It's like it worked without him. You don't need Yoda, you don't need the spin dash. Come on. I think maybe Nonsense. the first Green Hill Zone, there's like stretches where I could see people going, all right, this level needs it. But a lot of the other levels like uh, Marble Zone and stuff, if you use mm-hmm. the spin dash a lot, you'd be um, not not looking pretty pretty. Um, <laughs> That's true. So let's talk, I guess we'll talk about how obviously Samari isn't a great game. It has a lot of glitches. Enemies respawn after defeating them. Some levels have repeated sections because... Copying and pasting is the easiest way to finish your homework. It wasn't like Samari was going to be put on the shelf next to Super Mario World and Sonic the Hedgehog 3 at the time. It, uh, this was uh, for pirated carts, thus it was given an illusion of a great title. So mm. you said you played it because of the yeah. podcast. Just before we get into the stages, you want to give people your, I guess, quick review of what you thought about this game and like... <laughs> Obviously, it's bad. Mm. Like I said, it's supposed to give you an illusion of a great title, but like right, if you, right if you now, were in the store, yeah, going going into it, I was actually pretty impressed. I thought it looked and initially kind of played better than a Game Gear Sonic game. Like it just mm-hmm. it felt more like Genesis Sonic in eight bit. But as soon as you start to really explore and get into things, you die pretty quickly just because of how glitchy the game is. Um, you. It's honestly maybe it is a, a Sonic Adventure was like a remake of this because you know in Sonic Adventure when you're going down a path you're not supposed to touch anything otherwise yeah. you'll veer off and like go in the ocean. Yeah, I was doing this and I went down one of those pipes and I touched something and I left the pipe and just like left the stage and died and I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have touched the controller." Whoops. Um but I mean if this game was made by a team that really cared about level design and just patched a few things, it would be, I think, like a pretty good game. But the problem is, is like you said, they're trying to make it appear as though it's a good game by using elements of Sonic and Mario, and and just to have that like um, that gimmick there. Oh, I'm playing Mario in a Sonic game. Like once you get over that, you go, oh, I'm playing a bad approximation of a Sonic game. Um, especially after yeah. all of these Sonic fan game uh, events that go on, and you see people who truly like love and care about the franchise and understand it, this is very clearly a game made by people who kind of, I guess they might have liked the franchise, but it's not like they were trying to create a game to me- meet or beat Sonic the Hedgehog. It was very clear that they were making something just to get yeah. it out the door. So. And, it w- and it was during this like time where like Nintendo wasn't supporting the NES anymore and these mm-hmm. countries like Asia were still buying NES kind of like Brazil with the master system and like they would do the same thing they would get games that never came out in Brazil and then they would like skin it over with like uh Brazilian characters like what was that uh Mexican one the uh the the the, the red beetle 
characters with the man. I'm supposed to know this. I'm the one that grew up with this. Yeah, uh, it's Ch- Chapulín Colorado. Yeah, so yeah. There you go. I know yeah, who you're talking they would about. Do, you would they would do that. So it is. Um, so it, it, it's just a. You're supposed to go to swap me, walk by, and go. Oh man, there's a game right there for the NES that I. I mean, I have an NES at home, and this one is a Mario Sonic game. Easy buy. I mean, especially if they right. probably sold it so cheap. So, let's look at some of the levels. The first one they try to replicate, obviously, the start Green Hill Zone. And like I say, the. I mean, I don't know if it's just the NES can't uh, support that many colors, but there's definitely a big difference in color from the NES and the Genesis here. The Genesis looks sure. basically like a cartoon. Like, let's be honest, if you're a kid and you saw these two back to, I mean, back to back, you'd be like, whoa, that Genesis stuff, a lot of more color. Absolutely, yeah. It still looks good for, a, for an NES game, though, I oh, will say. For sure. I think they did really good stuff with the art. Uh, obviously, they don't have the mountains, like, they have, like, these weird, like, white mountains, so the, the art didn't translate one-to-one. I think they did better in some other ones. Here we yeah, got it's almost zone. like their their design team were the competent ones, and their like level design team were the incompetent ones, which is kind of like Sonic Forces, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like a pretty looking game, but level design is just not there. So here we got Marble Zone. Uh, I will say yeah. that like um, the purple or the translation of the rocks to like this like puke purple. I don't know if this is just that hackers that just didn't know what colors to actually use or were colorblind, but I've seen other NES games use this ugly purple, and I'm not a huge fan of the, that purple. I think it looks kind of pukey. Um, obviously, the more shading, like there, there's way more color on the Genesis, right? Like the purple blocks have shades, right? So it has like depth. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do that, so they just used like these like uh, copy and paste looks. It looks like they got it from Castlevania two blocks. It's for the background. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, eh, it's alright. Uh, the next one, Spring Yard Zone. Uh, I would say this is, I mean, it's an NES thing, but it's pretty spot on, right? Like It looks good. I think the the background's too purple. Oh, that's actually the, that's the same thing with the other bricks. It's like, they reuse that same puke purple, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um... This one is also pretty impressive, considering that, like, you know, they got the water down, they got the kind of the look. They even did that little, like, symbol in the wall. They recreated it on the NES. You see it? The little beetle thing? What is that Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like um, the owl from the Sonic movie, right? Is that what it's supposed to be? Longclaw. They knew before us. See, they, they knew exactly what Sonic lore is before Sonic Team did. I'm assuming this is Sonic Team... In in disguise, Starlight Zone got a got a, and I think this is probably the. I mean, they used puke green again, like I don't like. But if they toned down the green a little bit, I think this would have been a pretty good replication of that level, especially with all the black. It was probably a lot a lot easier. Then we right. have Final Zone, which like, okay, look at Eggman here. It looks like they took a picture of the sprite and they used some sort of technology to just plat like pl- like I don't know like like degrade. You know what I'm saying? When you like uh, remember yeah, back then yeah. we used to use paint and to make the uh, the the resolution or the size you you would have to do this like monochrome color. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like they they tran- they scanned it in and transfer. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure what the process would be even, but it Where is it's like really it is low very strange. Diff. I'm surprised too they didn't make him Koopa, 
Like if you're going to yeah. swap characters, this is the one you swap. And I'm going to I'm going to have to admit I did not make it through Green Hill Zone when I played the game. Is is no, Robotnik in the the is he a boss in all of the stages? Mm, I don't remember. I I think I think there isn't bosses, but I have to double check. I mean, there's a there's obviously a uh, full playthrough online, so I'll just play real quick. I would be shocked if there were bosses, just because it seems like that's too complex to make like the wrecking. That's what ball I was boss, thinking. The same you know thing. I, I mean? don't remember seeing them, but I haven't played it in a long time. Uh, oh my god! Now, what oh do you god, think? And this is completely off topic. What do you think when when uh, they fixed fixed the wrecking ball for the remaster of Sonic One. Do you remember that where they were like, "Oh, the original team wanted the the wrecking ball to like move and Back animate and properly." Did you like and, that, or did you think it was them? I, kind I thought of... it was. I, I thought it was fine. It didn't bother me, but why it, it, did it? Is this something that that sat wrong with you on that one? It just it 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 was the one thing oh, that really stood out bosses. to me to make it appear like it is a completely different game. Yeah. I kind of liked the shimmering. Like, I thought it was like, for me, I didn't care that it wasn't like shifting. And I always thought it was maybe shimmering because it was like electrocuted or something was going on with it. Um, I don't yeah, know. They, but, they, do, they do replicate the bosses, by the way. Oh, good for them. I'm, I'm so, sure it still sucks. Eggman's the boss. I mean, they should have. T- just uh, they should have just used King Koopa, but or maybe they should have made him like every single one was a different bad guy from different games. That's too much creativity, though. <laughs> That's true. These were supposed to, <laughs> like I don't think they really thought anyone was going to play these. They just wanted your money real quick. So, well, I want to talk about the special stage here with the pickles. Oh yes, the the special stage. This is probably the one with the pickles. Is obviously they couldn't do the the take. I mean. The special stage of Sonic 1 was literally using Genesis technology to show off, like, oh, look, we could turn around the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, puny Nintendo can't do that. So they had to do this weird bounce thing with pickles on the side. And if you guys look very closely, the red rings from Sonic Colors are right there. Again, mm-hmm. Yuji Naka playing this game and it actually inspiring him. Rumor? I don't know. Truth? I don't know. You heard Factor it here Fiction. First. Are you doing the... Um, remember that show, Factor Fiction? And you're like, we're going to tell you three three stories. One of them's true. The other All the stories lies. on this podcast are true. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> so, um, let's move on to looking at the carts. I mean, like, I think sure. one of the more fascinating aspects of this thing is, like, how they released and what they looked like when they were on sh- on shelves. Like... If we grew up in Asia, we'd probably be nostalgic for these titles, right? So we'd be talking about the Samari games. So the first one, these are the scanned ones on uh, Sonic Retro Wikipedia. Uh, let's first one is the Samari in the blue cartridge mm-hmm. that says the adventurer, like I told you. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about Mario's little pose right here? Like he looks very sassy. Like the guy that drew him is like, nope, more sass. Yeah, it's strange. It's almost like the head and the first part of the body are in proportion, then his hands and legs just grow. Uh, he looks like standing. a Bratz doll or something. The way his like leg goes around his other leg, like the guy didn't understand autonomy or whatever, so he looks very, really weird. Like he has to pee. Yeah. Then we have <laughs> this one, which is like kind of strange. It's called Samari, and then it has Sonic and Knuckles like taking the artwork. 
Because, like, if a kid bought this, they're like, oh, shit. Where's Mario on this? Like, wouldn't it be better if they just changed Sonic from that to the other Mario and then left Tails there? Yeah, why would you put Sonic and Tails on there? I, I have no that, idea. It, 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 it removes, like, the fun of it. Because you're much. like, oh, it's Mario in the Sonic games, but they don't Very even Very lazy. This one, where they just literally got the Mario 64 image. Uh, I want to say it's Mario Party, maybe. I don't know. But he's, like, running on a roller coaster. It's, like, right. unholy. That's insane. <laughs> and then the last one. I think this is probably the most cool, like, uh, gimmicky one where it's, like, a blue Mario with green, tr- uh, like, trousers and Sonic yeah. from Sonic 3D Blast, I think. Or is oh, that that's from uh, Spin- Spinball. Spinball. Spinball, yeah. Again, with the whole, like, roller coaster in the back thing. Um, and there's, like, that's fire behind... There's, there's like, fire behind Mario, and Mario's trying to jump out of the fire. <laughs> it's, like... And they also use, the like, the outline around Mario, like, the YouTubers use, so they get attention, you know? For, yeah, you know? well, it's... And also, like, they selected his hat and his clothes and uh, did the inverse of the colors, but then kept his face the same, which is actually kind of creative. I, I get they were trying to go for, like, a blue... A blue Mario, but... Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I like the first one the most. I think that's the one that really sells it. The the the, the sassy one. Yeah, I like sass. I have to agree with you on that one. So let's talk about the legacy of this game. Um, I mean, spawning hack game. So we're gonna talk some about how how many times this game got resold by Hummer Team. Um, so this is kind of like the legacy of the friend of this of this whole thing. So the first one was <laughs> the franchise. called franchise. <laughs> Sonic 3D Blast 5. And in this game, it's pretty much the same one as Samari. It, it just had a new redrawn menu. And you actually start the game on Scrap Brain Zone. So somebody actually did Scrap Brain Zone. But instead, they put, a, they put it at the beginning of the game. And my opinion on this was because they wanted to resell you the game, right? But they didn't want you to know it was the same game. So they put a right. uh, level in the beginning. They changed the level at the start. You're never going to beat the level at the start right away. So you think it's a new game until you find out it's not. And it's too late. You're home already. <laughs> so that way they could demo the game. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because like when I used to go to the flea markets, they would demo these kind of games. Like these hack consoles to be like, look, lady, it works. New game. Or whatever. Um, the next one was... Uh, this is probably the one that's been memed the most. Sonic and Knuckles 5, which we never got 2, 3, and 4. So I think the Samari team thought this was going to be a franchise that was going to go on for a while. Um, the same company, this one's called... Yeah, it, the same thing happened. Uh, they re-released the game again, but this time uh, the start menu is this start menu. This weird picture of Sonic and Knuckles. What did they do to this photo to make it look like somebody took acid? And then it's try to like draw it's- it. It's like they only had three colors or something. It's like green, pink, and blue. And they did what they could, I guess. It's very and bad. And the background is not even the background for the actual Sonic and Knuckles, right? Like, it's supposed to be like an ocean with a uh, death egg, right? And you play Mario after this, so you see that screen and then it's Mario? I think so. Let me see. Let me see. Wow. Sonic 3D Blast 5. <laughs> I've actually been looking at Samari carts on eBay. Um, so you're gonna buy some? 
There's a few. Like- there's there's a six and one that's for like ninety dollars, and then there's a seventy five dollar one, which is the the one I liked, where it was him doing the piece. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Still not worth it. Why not? I don't know. And then there's Samari for the oh, Genesis. You know what? This actually does have Sonic in it. Here's the footage of the gameplay. So they, they changed it back to Sonic, so it's really just a Sonic NES game at this point now, not Samari. But it runs on the same engine as Samari. So, right. I mean, if you're a Sonic fan, you got to have these on NES. If you're an NES fan, too, obviously. Because, right. I mean, this is the only time that Sonic's coming to your Nintendo Entertainment System. The next one is called Sonic 3D Blast 6. And, like always, they changed the, the title menu. This one looks a lot nicer. Uh, actual pixel art, like they actually got an artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one starts off with Marble Zone instead of Scrap Brain Zone, which, uh, like I told you, my theory is that they try to sell these as new games, but they just remix the levels, really. <laughs> and uh, the next one is their own character, Family Kid. <laughs> what do you think nice. about this? F is for I Family. Like what do you think? I love, I love Family it, Kid. How would you feel if your mom's like, oh, Barry, I bought you a brand new video game. You're such a bad boy. So I'm, I don't know what your mom sounds like. <laughs> it just sounds like a rake. I don't know what your she mom okay? sounds like. Uh, you okay, mom? Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Um, well, we, like, it's called Family Kid. It's like, okay, talk about head, hedgehogs are cool. But yeah. what if we change the character to our own? And not only give them, but also give them a cool sounding name like Family Kid. I mean, kids could relate to this because technically most kids have a family, and if they don't, they want to have a family, right? So That's true. Family, I mean, this game speaks right to kids. It's family kid. I'm a, I'm a, I was a family kid, you know, and I'm sure you play Sonic, you're not Sonic, you're not a hedgehog. So that's, I mean, I honestly, I think this is an improvement over Samari or even Sonic the Hedgehog. I am surprised family kid didn't, I don't know. <laughs> you, you you're surprised we're not talking about it today like oh man. i can only talk talk shit for so long before i just get tired of it so the next no. one is they did a it looks terrible Dora, what what how do you say this this game this anime's uh, name doramon doramon this this is a this is one of those like obviously it was supposed to happen um this is look i mean i think the art looks really sick in this game like just by the screenshots and stuff but this is the most original Samari kind of hack or clone or whatever resell. And this is based mm-hmm. on a Japanese manga that started all the way back in 1969. Doraman is kind of like the equivalent of America's Archie comics. But obviously its own style. Um, according to Wikipedia, the character actually has 20, 63 Japanese-only officially licensed games released in Japan. That's right. So, them doing a pirate version makes a lot of sense, especially if they're Asian. So, I mean, th- I think the graphics look really good. The next one is their own lo- their own mascot get, uh, basically be- being put in. Samara team was so smart, so ahead of the curve, that they beat Sonic fan gamers from changing Sonic characters to their own mascot. This hack by the team replaced most of the game with its own character and graphics have improved quite a bit from the team's start. Freedom Planet and the Electric Jester games owe this game respect for paving the way for them. Is that, is that right? Hey, yeah. the team should should license this and re-release it on uh, <laughs> re-release it on uh, Steam. 
That would be cool. So, we're done with the F. No, we're not done for the episode. We have, I, have, <laughs> I put some trivia. And uh, since we're not getting commercials, I did make a few trivia things. And I just wanted to know what you think about them. But here they are. There was actually a trademark for the game filed in 1993 during the development called Sonny Mari. Hmm. Uh, likely a working title. The trademark was done by GD Industry Co. Are you surprised? I mean, can you legally license the, uh, this stuff? Like, I don't think so, but I like the name Sonny Mari a lot more than Samari. They probably thought it was too confusing. But, like, my thing is, like, I guess in Taiwan, maybe they could, uh, like, back in the day, they could have done it. But anyway, every single hack version has the same misspelling, including... The misspelling on spa- spa- spatial stage and spatial spring stage. Dan- zong spring, <laughs> spring yang song. Zong. Um, Odd lang song. Isn't that the song you sing on New Year's Eve? You go. I think spring so. Yang song. They yeah. They might have got confused. Yeah. Um, Samari doesn't wear Sonic shoes. I'm assuming because he knows he can't fill them. Instead, he's right. wear- actually wearing Tails shoes. In some parts where he gets the air bubbles, they turn into Sonic shoes. And actually, this is the huh. first time that I noticed that Sonic and Tails don't have the same shoes. I mean, I didn't know they were tipped white. I don't know. I just never really noticed, I guess. Wow. Well, remember, Sonic, Ray, and Mighty had the same shoes in Sega Sonic Arcade. Ooh. Remember that? I mean, I didn't yeah. notice it, so... And then I, they changed the shoes... For Mighty in Chaotix, and then when they did the comics and they brought Ray into them for Archie, they give him his own unique shoes. And then when they brought Mighty into Mighty and Ray into um, Mania Plus, they brought the shoes that he had in the comics over, I believe. So I, there's I some think shoe I feel trivia. Like you can make a, like a whole video just based on Sonic characters' shoes and the history of their shoes. We should do that. I think we should. So, you know there's a little magazine in the UK called Mean Machine Sega? Have you ever heard of this magazine? I, I have. Assume. I don't own it, but I've, I've read some scans in the past. So, the, I actually looked online and there was, uh, if there was any opinions of Samari. And the closest I found was this UK magazine Mean, uh, mean Machine Sega article blurb. You know, when they did the little blurbs in the beginning of the magazines. Mm-hmm. From February 97 issue, um, basically calling it a scandal. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, it just basically talks about it being an abomination. And then, like, it's a grotesque <laughs> parody of the first Sonic the Hedgehog game, as they call it. Um, and it's it's by Hong Kong pirates, which make them sound really cool. Like, it makes them sound like they're on ships with guns. And they're blazing uh, a copyright in friction. But they did give it some attention. It even has a cool cover where it's like Sonic. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, the Mega Drive cover is probably the coolest. So if, if you lived in the UK at the time, you probably wanted this uh, this treasure. And that's actually the end of the episode. I think this is probably our shortest episode in a while. But to close yeah. it off, instead of like, <laughs> instead of just like, um, I guess doing the music and reading Patreon memories, I actually asked you guys. For some of your guys' favorites, uh, like pirated or unofficial releases. So we got some answers here for you guys. Uh, I'll, t- I'll, I'll read some of them for you here. 
Um, the first one was uh, this guy that uh, everyone was asked, telling me about this game called Chaos Black or Pokemon Chaos Black version. And it says, this was a real thing I found in a touristy marketplace in Turkey on holiday. And I just really love the fact that it's all misspelled and it's called Chaos Black version. I don't know. I think that that's cool. I, I never really got into Pokemon games, but I know there's a lot of uh, hack versions. Somebody, uh, I, I, a lot of people were talking about like Sonic 3D Blast 5. And then there's this character called Conte. And I guess there's a Felix the Cat Russian game for the NES too. Hmm. That looks pretty cool. The one I really want to play, though, did you see this uh, Rockman X or Thunder Blaster Master? Uh, it has It's like a rip-off version of Mega Man, but it's called Rockman X with R-O-C-M-A-N-X. That's yes. pretty cool. So people have been sharing their own pirated games. Somebody posted uh, Aladdin by Hummer Team, the same team we're talking about. They did an NES port of the Super Nintendo version of Aladdin. I mean, I never played it on the NES. Maybe I should. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. I think that's all we have here to talk about. Oh, I mean, and then there's also Grand Dad that you people should check out. And Sonic 6 on the Game Boy, which <laughs> is vastly superior to the Genesis, <laughs> Genesis one. So. And I think the best official bootleg from Sega is Sonic and Garfield Pack for the PC, so you can check that out, too. It looks so fake, but it's real. It's amazing. I, I wish they would have done a cart where you could make, like, it was a Garfield game on Sega Genesis cartridge, and then you plugged <laughs> it in, and it was just Garfield, right? And then you put the top Sonic 2, and then you play as Garfield and Sonic 2. That would be sweet. Garfield Missed and Sonic. Missed opportunity, dudes. Missed opportunity. Man. Man. Any closing remarks you want to say to the people at home? Uh, it's been a it's been a real wild ride talking about Samari. Um, I have no real memories or fondness of it, so this has been a very interesting episode. Um, but I look forward to, to returning to normal uh, on our next one. I believe I told you I wanted to cover Altered Beast. I think it's time. Yes. It's time. It's the I think it's from a year we have never covered, so that's exciting. Um, so and the- and. Did you see the Patreon message we got today? No, what happened? Some uh, uh, Daniel Andres has picked uh, picked a game that he wants to do uh, when we have time. So we could do Altered Beast and then we could... Uh, but you, I'm not going to spoil anything because I kind of want to make it a surprise for the Patreon people. So Ooh, exciting. If you guys want to follow right us and want to support this show, make sure you guys check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash SegaBoost. Every dollar counts and keeps us nice and fat. (laughs) Thank you guys (laughs) for watching. We'll catch you guys on the next episode, which is Altered Beast. I mean, we'll be dead until then, and then we'll rise from our grave and give you guys a great episode. (laughs) Bye. scared me. Bye. Samari.